0: Hello and thank you for joining us. My name is Carl Lorenz Cervantes. I'm a researcher and lecturer with a very special interest in Philippine folklore and the psychology behind it. In this episode, I will be discussing various beliefs surrounding the Filipino spirit world. We will be looking for the very house of the soul. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the soul. The individual human soul. And where does it reside? We will be looking at uh, folk beliefs. We'll be looking at the way that we describe the soul to try to figure out, you know, uh, what it means in the context of our cultural values, our relationship with other people. And so this is kind of merging spirituality and psychology, which, when it comes to the study of uh, the Filipino experience, isn't so uncommon. I mean, it's something that happens a lot (laughs) in terms of, you know, approaching the Filipino psyche. A lot of it is very spiritual and very philosophical as well. In this uh, discussion, I will be talking about uh, soul companions. Soul companions are essentially how we see the soul because in in our uh, in religion the soul is usually distinct from the body and that individuals just have one soul and that soul is what experiences everything else through the body right but in our folk beliefs and you'll see this later you know, our soul is actually a distinct entity like it it's part of us but it's also it also has its own you know, sentience, its own tasks and errands, which is amusing. You know, it's so nice. And then we'll talk a little bit about afterlife and uh, our, you know, connection with nature and how this uh, nature is filled with spirits. And finally, we'll look at the house of the soul, which is within all of us. Um, the, the self, let's start with, you know, yung sarili natin. The self, yung ako is part of the context of kapwa you can't remove an individual from everyone else you can't remove uh, me from society because i am part of something that already exists i was born into the world that already exists i didn't choose my context it's just there i'm part of history from a long line in you know, all these generations happening you know that you know, ended up with me. And I am the product of millions of years of evolution, both physical and cultural. And we are all that. We are all part of this world. We're all part of the process, uh, this this cosmic order that connects all of us. So yung sarile, me as an individual, is part of kapwa. And kapwa, you know, we usually translate it as other people, especially in English now, other people. It it refers to a distinction. Because I mean there's there's me versus you. And suddenly when we translate kapwa to other people, there is a distance between myself and other people. It's true that kapwa does refer to people, but I am kapwa also. I am your kapwa. We are kapwa. It's not like you know. When I talk about kapwa, I'm referring to you know everyone else that isn't me. But I'm part of this kaze I'm part of this context. So I am part of kapwa. And even if I don't know you, even if you are ibang tao or stranger, I can still practice my pakikipagkapwa with you. And in fact, that's that should be the you know basic uh, relationship that we should be having with everyone. Because uh it's it reminds me of this uh this quote, you know. It's always this quote is very popular, I say, and it's always quoted in when we're talking about kapwa. We say, uh, it's easy to be a human being, but it's hard to act like one. So the concept really of uh acting on Kapwa is called Pakikipag Kapwa or pag Kapwa Tao. Meaning, it's me expressing my shared humanity with you. So it's a sense of solidarity. It's a sense of collaboration. And Kapwa is that. It's that sense of collaboration. And in fact, in the deepest level of Kapwa, which we call Pakiki Isa, it's me becoming one with the group, with you, with the collective. Pakiki isa, literally meaning pakiki, uh, sharing, and isa, meaning one. Isa, dalawa, tatlo, one, two, three, right? That's the deepest level. And it it connects all of us. So sarile is in kapwa, and kapwa is part of mundo, which is the world. And you can see also, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to talking about spirits, that yung sarile projects itself all the way out to mundo. If it's just me, so you see these boundaries, think of it as like concentric circles, like circles over circles over circles. The, the very center is sarile, and that's you as an individual. You extend yourself to kapwa, sometimes the boundary of sarile and kapwa, uh, you know, it, it fades away. And so we find ourselves, you know, totally, at, uh, totally one with another person. Our boundaries of ego dissolve but then there 's also a boundary between Capua and mundo the world mundo right there 's a boundary, which is why uh, a lot of the you know spirits of the world we don 't see we don 't see them as uh, uh, part of us. It feels like they have their own sentient you know, existence, their own agency and free will, and their own little tasks you know, and, and errands in the mystical realm. But if we want to see it as uh, from a psychological perspective, we call it the transpersonal perspective, meaning going beyond the self, transpersonal going beyond the self. Mm-hmm. And they are actually, these spirits are just projections of our individual consciousness, which reflect the richness of our inner life. So they are part of us. Kapwa They are also my kapwa because I'm part of that shared identity. And so I am part of the shared identity of the world and you'll see when it comes to defining what a soul is a lot of the terms that we have across the country actually have similar root words i know in tagalog it's called kaluluwa diba kaluluwa natin yan. and kaluluwa comes from the root word dua meaning two or double right you also see this in in different languages where um yeah, I'm not well versed in the other languages, but I do know and I have read about how they are very similar. And a lot of them share also the same root word, dua. Um, we have multiple souls. And that's why dua siya, kasi madami And actually some, uh, some groups believe that we have four. Some groups believe that we have seven. And, you know, all these different souls. Each person has a different soul. And there's one soul for their vitality. There's one soul for their their vigor, their energy, and then another soul for their conscience. And then yet another soul for the ghost that they have when they pass away. And another one patalaga, for the soul that exists with them while they're still alive. Pero in in, uh, other religions, it's just one soul that is expressed in all these different ways. Pero sa atin, there's a distinction there's a soul here and there's a soul here and there's a soul here and there's like this one true soul that we have and this um, this soul can actually travel uh, in different realms while we're alive so when we sleep then there's you know our soul can be wandering around seeing all these mystical (laughs) spaces that's what we see in dreams Uh, if a person gets lost like if their soul gets lost or if their soul gets eaten by a, an evil spirit, then uh, they they get sick, and then they pass away. Um, something I also remember about the soul, um, and I always talk about this. I actually always talk about this about how the soul is goes back to nature. And the thing is, because we do have a lot of we do have a lot of uh, uh, stories about the afterlife. But if you read the stories about the afterlife, the individual actually just, you know, the soul goes into nature. There's usually like a, like a boat. There's a stream that you follow all the way to this magnificent mountain. In some beliefs, it's Mount Canlaon, the volcano in the Visayas. Uh, in other beliefs, you know, it's different mountains across the country. So there are multiple kinds of spirits in nature. There's uh, the ancestor spirits. And then there's those uh, nature spirits, uh, which are usually you know Encanto, duende, la manlupa, and so on. But the distinction between them is actually much you know fuzzy, much blurred because the ancestor spirit, after some time, you know, we forget their names, their memory, you know, is, is forgotten. They become nature spirits, so we still respect them. We still respect them in in some way, and we want to care for them. So we try our best not to offend them. And this kind of shows that uh, the spiritual and the material are not separate realms. They are on a continuum. Because usually, our conception of uh, material and spiritual is that they are distinct from each other. They are separate. There's a spiritual realm beyond the material realm it creates a distinction between soul and body you know all these kind of physical you know metaphysical and so on pero dito kasi you know, the spirit can affect the tangible world medyo ano pa nga, eh, medyo um misleading pa yung term na spirit when we refer to our you know folkloric beings Because when we when we say spirit we usually refer to uh you know uh beings that um have no physical form or that, you know, it can pass through walls or whatever. Pero yung mga spirits natin, it's, it's, I think it's better, uh, it was said nga before, it's better to, to call them invisible beings. Because so they're literally just invisible and they do have magical powers, but they're there. <laughs> they can affect you in tangible ways. You bump into them, you'll get sick or you'll go, you know, mad or something. So the spiritual and the material are on a continuum. And um it's that relationship with the world around us that informs this idea. And so you'll see it in our folk beliefs. Um this is so common, but when you say tabi-tabi po, You cross a forest or some or a river or some other, you know, mysterious place, you say tabi-tabi po cuz you don't want to, you know, step on them or bump into them you don't want to offend the spirits you don't want to offend the nature spirits who are your ancestors <laughs> they were there before you existed we also don't like pointing at trees right uh, and we build houses around trees because you know it's the home of of an uh, of a nature spirit that's what belief no, it's so fascinating because you, you have to do a ritual if you want to cut down a tree So what do we call these spirits? We call them anito. From the Sanskrit hantu, meaning death. Uh, The common translation for anito is carved idol. So you see these um, little... These wooden carvings of usually a a person sitting down and then they're kind of like holding their legs. Uh, That one we call an anito. So today, in these days, we... When someone you know, sees this, uh, this thing, they call it an anito. Pero madami siya ibang terms. Actually, yung, yung mismong item na yun has its own term. Anito refers to the spirit that is represented by this wooden carving. Pero ngayon kasi, we've associated the term anito with the wooden carving. Diba? Um... And here's another one. So, anito is actually related to the term diwata. The common translation for the word diwata is fairy. So, we say uh, in the mountain, uh, Mount Makiling in in, uh, Laguna. uh, So, Maria Makiling is the guardian of the mountain. They say she's a diwata. Well, fairy, the fairy of the mountain. But fairy is such a, you know, a foreign term. the diwata is, you know, also comes from the Sanskrit that refers to the divine. And you'll see also in, in this area in Southeast Asia, there are different, you know, uh, linguistic uh, similarities with other terms uh, across different countries that are similar to the word diwata. So they're not just fairies. Because you know, when we say diwata kasi parang uh, naalala lang natin is yung mga you know mapute, uh, you know mahabang buhok ganyan so yung concept natin ng diwata but actually uh anito and diwata are sometimes in different parts of the country sometimes used interchangeably and how are they described uh, I read from uh the work of father Francisco Demetrio one of the you know the great folklorist of the Philippines uh compiled this you know two volume encyclopedia uh, of Philippine beliefs and customs uh, it was described that uh, beings that are uh, Diwata they have like uh, skin that's, that looks like fish scales but like scales nila are, are the same uh, composition as our nails and also tatanggalin sila ng intestines they don't have intestines um, and the intestines are replaced with something else. And how do they how do they uh, sustain themselves? So if you don't have an intestine, you don't have to get hungry. But how do you sustain yourself to still have energy? You chew this specific nut. Well, that's very common also across the country. You now there's this nut that you chew. Uh, the idea there is that as a spirit, you know, as a Diwata, as a divine being, you don't have the uh, You know, that uh, uh, desire for pleasure or that need to sustain yourself uh, in terms of, you know, eating food or having to eat food. So, anito and diwata are, are similar terms. And we have to remember, you know, what they used to refer to. In different households, there are different anitos one household might have multiple anitos for each of their ancestors. And when people come together in small communities, each household will contribute their anito to the community. So, kaya ang dami gods. <laughs> ang dami nating multi- multiple divinities. In some communities, there's like, it's been recorded uh, more than a thousand. Because all these anitos are each of them a divinity. So, um, yun din kasi we, sometimes we refer to divinities as anito. Din kasi. Say the term is very you know flexible. Um, each of these anitos have their own office. Like they have their own power. Uh, some, one would be probably the anito of the harvest, the anito of the weather, whatever a human being needs. There's an anito for it, and doesn't that have such a striking similarity with the way that we call on saints in the Catholic tradition? Diba, so very interesting. Um, I think this has been pointed out to you before, and I feel like alam mo naman din intuitively how uh, the purpose of anitos are very similar to what we might consider saints. You you kind of pray to them, ask for their intercession, and something good happens. And it can be said actually that uh, when Catholicism came into the Philippines, uh, the saints you know, just replaced the Anitos, or maybe not even replaced. Maybe the Anitos had uh, were baptized into like uh, with these Christian names. It's it's a very common thought because yeah, I like this term. Um, So we we usually refer to uh, folk practitioners today as uh, folk Christians. But when we say folk Christian, what we mean is that they still practice indigenous spirituality, the framework of their indigenous spirituality, but they use the metaphors of the Catholic Church. So uh, symbols symbols of Our Lady, uh, symbols of Jesus, and so on. The Holy Trinity, a lot of these things, you know, are still used in that uh, to express an indigenous spirituality. So we call that folk Christian. But actually, what we call folk Christian is a very unique expression of our indigenous spirituality. So Catholicism didn't necessarily replace our, you know, uh, our native expression of faith of, in the divine. And I, I actually prefer the term uh, Christianized animism. Because, you know, when you say folk Christian, it means na, you know, the predominant faith is, you know, here's here's Catholicism or Christianity. And then it just so happens, you know, that we express Christianity in different ways. That's the assumption. So when you say folk Catholic or folk Christian it refers to that you know we are catholic or we are christian but we're just expressing our christian faith in different ways but no way kasi sa atin we still experience and we still do these animist rituals and practices but we just use catholic or christian symbols and so i prefer the term christianized animism i i first read this this term in uh in a book uh this collection of essays by Resil B. Mojares, a great writer sobrang galing so easy to read wrote about culture and history and you know, personality and, and, and psychology and everything wonderful and it's so easy to read kasi um, you know so it's written for you know for the general audience for the general you know, for the for the general Filipino right so, so if you can find that book um, it's, it's beautiful uh so with all that in mind, all those divinities, what does that have to do with our soul? What is the soul? What is it made of? How do we refer to to the soul? So we have all these terms, and we go back into nature, and there's that chance, you know, we, we are in this realm with the gods, with the divinities, with the anitos. But the soul is itself uh, this this force that moves through us. Our belief that there are spirits in nature, that there is life that is non-human, this belief is a reflection of our understanding that there is some kind of life force moving through us, moving through this world that makes the earth alive. And what is that? It is breath. It is hininga. Which is why when we say, you know, a person passes away, what do we say? Nalagot ang kanyang hininga. Their breath was taken away or their breath ended. So, you'll see this also in the Bible. Eh? I mean, yung matagalog translation of Bible, it's, it's nalagot ang hininga ni Jesus. Ganyan. A person's breath ended. So this concept of breath related to the uh, concept of ginhawa also. When a person experiences ginhawa, which is uh, stability and peace, what do they do? They take a breath (sighs) and they just sigh. A contented sigh. Ginhawa is a free, spacious breath. And that is the soul. Expressed and personified in all these different anitos and all these... You know, multiple souls. It's our breath. And so, if you look at the Baibayin, actually, the symbol for ha, which is, you know, uh, the breath that comes out of our mouth, or, you know, ha is also the first uh, syllable of hangin, which is wind, also referring to breath and spirit. Uh, the symbol for ha in Baibayin is actually a wavy line. You can also see a lot of, you know, all these uh, indigenous forms of understanding in our uh, ancient script, which is the Baybayin. And Baybayin is actually focused more on uh, the southern Luzon. There are also different, so many other beautiful scripts across the country. And if you like, you can learn them. I've been learning Baybayin. Uh, so I can actually read by Bayan it just takes me a while. But <laughs> it's, so, it's so intuitive. Eh. Bay bayan is so intuitive, cause it's syllabic. So it follows syllables. And it just depends on the markings on each of the, the letters that refers to a different way of pronouncing it. So ba, for example, you mark it uh with a with a dot on top of it, it becomes b. And if you mark a dot below it, it becomes boo. And if you put like a little cross under it, it's just b. Bu. But it's the same symbol, right? It's just different markings. I love Baibayan because there are so many different wonderful uh interpretations of each symbol. And this is not new, by the way. Uh, other scholars have also looked into the mystical properties of Baibayan. Uh, one of them you know the first um scholar that i came across who really you know opened my eyes to the symbols of Baibayan was uh see teresita obusan wrote this book on uh mysticism in folk christianity and how do we understand mysticism and she did talk about Baibayan symbolism uh so when you say ha, the ba hangin, right? And the symbol is a is a wavy line. You put two uh, two wavy lines, one on top of each other, connected by a line. What does that? What is that? That's ka. And ka is the first syllable of a lot of relational words like kapatid, which means sibling, ka ibigan, friend. Uh, Ka-sama Companion Ka Symbolized in the Baibayan With two wavy lines Connected by a line Is you know The soul connection That you have So it's a sharing Right And so with Ka-ibigan You say Ka-sharing Ibigan Or ibigan Loving And you can say Ka-ibigan Is sharing in the act Of loving De ba? Ganda, no. So, and daming and, 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 and symbols na. You know, look look it up for yourself. It's just wonderful. It's beautiful. So, hininga is breath, and the breath is our soul, and that's the force that connects us, right? That's the force that connects us to the world. Everything is living. Everything is breathing. <sighs> So it really connects us with everything else. Ganda di ba? So yun. And where is this breath coming from? Where does this breath uh, emanate from? So you remember earlier I said uh, there's that you know boundaries between sarile and then there's boundary with kapwa and then mundo. And let's go to the very very deep down inner self. And what do they call that? Loob. Loob uh, usually refers to the inside of something. So you say, anong nasa loob ng kahon? It's uh, what's inside the box. Right? Anong nasa loob ng uh, gato uh, it's, it's what's inside the box. And But when we refer to the loob of a person, it's not just our organs. It's also the inner self, the inner being our emotions, our morality, our thoughts. It's contrasted with uh, labas, so which is outside. So loob at labas. Labas is the outer self, your body, your behavior, how you interact with other people. So you have loob, your inner self, your emotions, your morality, your thoughts, and then labas, which is body, behavior, interaction. This distinction is, is the boundary that I was talking about earlier. But you can actually transcend that on a transpersonal level, on a spiritual level. So let's look at the word loob because it's not, a, it's not a, something that you know comes out of nowhere. Hindi siya; it, it has its own context. The word loob is part of a lot of different words that we have. We have uh, when we say kagandahang loob, beauty of the inner self, inner beauty. What's kagandahan loob? It's a an expression of charity. We are charitable with other people. And so we have a beautiful inner self. Maganda ang loob natin. Kagandahang loob. So your charitable action reflects a beautiful inner self. Deva? ba? We also have lakas ng loob, which is inner strength. The strength of the inner self. Lakas ng loob. You know, lakas strength loob inside it comes from within and who are the people we say na malakas ang loob volunteers uh, doctors firefighters journalists people who fight for the rights of other people people who um, brave danger to deliver truth to deliver uh, service to other people lakas ang loob but we also say lakas ang loob when you know someone's being stubborn <laughs> So, so he said, Lakas loob mo, ah. <laughs> But we admire them. Diba? We still admire them in some way. Malakas lang ang loob nila, pero, you know, we admire them. We also have utang na loob, which uh, we translate into debt of the inner self. Utang is debt. And then loob, you know, in, uh, inner self. So, debt of the inner self. And this kind of refers to, I mean, our understanding of utang na loob as a toxic uh, trait actually comes from the idea that our relationships are transactional. I do something for you, you have to repay it with interest. You have to give me something more. You have to reward me for me helping you. And so it's like, I benefit from investing in you. Napaka-transactional, diba? But why is it that when we are in distress, we say, utang na loob, wag mo akong saktan. Don't hurt me. Utang na loob, actually refers to solidarity and collaboration. When you are at the end of your patience with someone, and they're so stubborn, you say, It's like reminding them, Hey, hey, we're supposed to be helping each other. We're supposed to be collaborating. And so my inner self has a, a responsibility to help you. And you should also be responsible for helping me. And we should be collaborating and we should be together in rising up. So utang alob is a form of solidarity and collaboration. And we also say saloobin. right? Ano ang yung saloobin? your what's within you. What do you want to say? And that refers to an authenticity, a truth from the inner self, the real truth of the inner self and so we are within us the most honest uh, authentic version of whatever we're expressing in our labas right in our uh, body and behavior loob now as we can see through these different you know um terms uh loob is where the soul is that's the inner self that's the residence of the soul And the inner self, the soul, is seen through our actions with each other. And when I connect with you, when I connect as a person with another person, what do we call that? We call that pakiki pag palagayang loob, which is rapport. Another word with the word loob in its phrase, in in the way that it's you know said. And what does that mean? Pakiki, sharing, right? Uh, Lagay Placing Loob Inner self We are placing our inner selves Within each other We are sharing this inner self I'm placing my inner self Here To offer to you Nilalagay ko ang loob ko dito Share natin We're building rapport We are Knocking on the door Of each other's loob That sacred inner self And what do we do? When When we have a how do we express kapwa? What we do is pakiki-ramdam. We, uh, you know, sense the mood of another person. We don't want to cross their boundaries, so we share in their moods, in their emotions, in their mental states, so that we can, uh, you know, gently um, knock on the door of their loob, of their inner self. And what do we say when we knock on doors? We say ta'opo. We say, tao po. Hello. I am human. Tao po. Tao po ako. ako." I am a human being. And then I'm also looking for the humanity within you. Tao po. I am human. Looking for the humanity within you. And that's the end of the lecture. Thank you for joining us today. If we don't meet in this lifetime, we'll meet each other eventually when spirit returns to nature.